0: Imagine this scenario you're out of the office unexpectedly and a colleague pings you because they need access to some system you have credentials for. Now, my listeners would never send passwords over email or slack. But what about your coworkers? How many organizations out there are sending logins back and forth in plain text? Worse yet, how many just store all of their logins on a shared spreadsheet? Keeper Security's password management platform locks down logins, payment cards, and more in a patented zero-knowledge encrypted vault. Sign up for a Keeper free trial today. Visit securityweekly.com forward slash Keeper. Workloads protected by VMware are the safest workloads in the multi-cloud. Private cloud, public cloud, any cloud. Stronger, with distributed protection to the API and everything east-west, inside and cross-cloud. Stronger, with three layers of detection, trusting nothing and seeing everything, even the best hidden bad actors. Stronger, with an SE Labs AAA certified advanced NDR that brings the multi-cloud together for the win. You've got workloads, we've got security. VMware security, simply stronger. Visit securityweekly.com forward slash VMware to learn more.
1: Welcome back to Enterprise Security Weekly. CRA's Business Intelligence Unit has launched its next survey on Zero Trust. What are your barriers to Zero Trust implementation? Take our survey and enter to win a $500 Tango card by visiting securityweekly.com forward slash Zero Trust. Report results will be released at our upcoming Zero Trust eSummit in March. And uh, I remember from last week, uh, maybe it was the week before, we, we talked about the, the Tango card. It's basically like a gift card that turns into other gift cards, whatever gift cards you want. So it's pretty cool. Use it for just about anything. All right. For our next interview, uh, we are talking to Darwin Salazar. He joins us today to talk about Microsoft's cloud sim, Sentinel. Darwin is currently a cloud security consultant at Accenture. Previously, he has worked on IoT security for medical devices and was a Security Weekly intern. Welcome to the show, Darvin.
2: Thanks, Adrian. Uh, Happy to be here. Um, It's kind of uh, interesting seeing things come full circle. I was an intern in 2017 and 2018 uh, in office, in studio at Security Weekly. Had some amazing times with the entire podcast crew like Sam, Johnny, uh, obviously, Paul, Larry, and et cetera, right? So uh, just pretty excited to be on the show for my first time, and hopefully not the last. Uh, I know there's some stuff we're going to tease in, uh, in a little bit, but thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got to say, like, um, ah, God, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first person to mention it, but um, it have you ever won an award? Has anybody ever teased you about having a Darwin Award?
2: I've been lucky not to win a Darwin Award. I think, uh, well, for my obviously understanding... obviously
1: not. You're here,
2: right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think whenever folks hear, hear the name Darwin, it's it's always like the kind of uh, like under... The context of evolution and everything else, and um I think I should have took the route of, of a scientist sometimes, just to live up to the name and, and kind of explore what's the next evolution uh, for humans. Uh, but I think we're kind of seeing that with the metaverse and all this Web three stuff. But uh, I think there is some tie in with evolution and cybersecurity, which is maybe something I'll explore uh, further in the future.
1: Nah, brother, you're in the right industry. Security is always evolving. You're, you're right where you you're supposed to be i think
2: true yeah i i would agree
1: <laughs> so yeah you know speaking of you know this industry um you know may, maybe give us a little background on how you got into it you know i, I actually don't know what you did as an intern at uh, security weekly
2: yeah absolutely yeah and it's, it's a very funny story so i'll kind of just uh go through my origin story uh, with how I got into the, the cybersecurity cyber security industry. I think it all started uh, when I was playing uh, I used to play a lot of Xbox live Halo 3 uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 with a bunch of friends um, and Then there was this hack that started coming around where if someone was in your game room You could kind of kick them out of the chat, but also power down their Xbox and that was my first exposure to uh like a real life hack I, I had heard about it in the past i was probably like 14 15 years old as this was going on and then uh, i just had the like that thought lingering in the back of my mind like this there's there are ways where you can manipulate uh, technologies to kind of mess around with people and get under their skin and that kind of stuck with me and as i got into uh college i went to salve regina university in newport rhode island not too far from the security weekly studio and uh, it's a liberal arts school. They don't have computer science or any engineering or anything of that nature at the undergrad level. And so, what me and my peers decided to do is why not create a cybersecurity club and bring that cybersecurity culture um, to campus uh, through competing in things like the National Cyber League, but also posting posters about security awareness around campus. Uh, especially, say, right now we're in tax season and we would post a flyer. Around like uh, the, the quicker you file your taxes, uh, the less likelihood that someone will file your taxes for you. Something to that tune. And then uh, as we created this, this uh, cybersecurity club, we attended a lot of conferences. So that included DEFCON, Black Hat, uh, also Cybersity, which is a it's an organization focused on bringing minorities and women into the cybersecurity industry. So one thing that I really found out is as I was immersing myself in the security industry, I, I kind of discovered that there's a community aspect to it, which is what you see at DEF CON and notice between DEF CON and Black Hat. It's kind of like Black Hat's the industry uh, piece of it and versus DEF CON's the community where everybody's a little bit more laid back. And so I, at one conference, I believe it was at B-Sides Boston, Uh, 2016 I believe 2017 where I met the security weekly weekly crew they had a booth there and Paul had a talk and I was like I I had no idea that uh, they were located in Rhode Island but I had obviously tuned into a lot of the shows and um, I was wondering if they had like any job openings or anything where I could just like shadow shoulder serve Paul or just be a part of of what the what the team was building and there was I was lucky enough to, to to find like an internship opportunity there. And uh, basically what I did is help uh, Sam and the operations team uh, set up calls with uh, and um, look for a different um, a, a, um, podcast guests. And so I think I brought on or helped bring on about 75 plus guests. Uh, this also included brainstorming what topic the guests would be talking about and it was very cool because it was um great for networking and everything else but just also getting a better feel for the security industry while i was still in college uh fast forward to uh, getting my master's degree uh, in homeland security at Salve. I also did some uh, Business programs at Harvard Business School and as you mentioned, I do have the IoT security experience in medical devices um, And some mobile app uh, mobile web app stuff at Ford Motors uh, And today I'm a cloud security consultant at Accenture focusing on Azure security and Kubernetes security
1: that's, that's awesome. And I, I love that it started off with uh, I'd never even heard that you could remotely turn off somebody's Xbox. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, I was, I was freaked out by it, but it also, uh, usually in Xbox game rooms, uh, folks like to chirp at each other and talk crap a lot. It made me uh, be a little more quiet and cognizant of like who, what I say <laughs> it to who I say it to. Because if you talk uh, smack to the person who just kicked someone out of the game game room and shut their Xbox off, you're probably next, right? So just being more aware um, and just knowing that, that, that some folks had that power was super interesting for me at that age.
0: Adrian, i also love that uh
1: uh darwin referred to it as his origin story uh um, more like he's a superhero because yeah. you know he is <laughs> so yeah
2: that's, larry that's I, I try to emulate my life after you man you're, you're the you're the real superhero here and uh i hope to one day take one of your your uh iot courses um at sans so but um thank i appreciate that that comment larry
0: <laughs> you're you're welcome and stop. You're going to give me a big head. I'm not going to be able to yeah. get out of my office. It's just going to swell. You already
1: got
2: a big so. head, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, already some good advice there. Don't poke the cyber bear.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's let's get into Sentinel
1: Let, Let's, yeah, let's uh sure.
2: let's jump in. Absolutely. So, uh, real quick, uh, would we like to tease the uh, workshop that we have coming up? And I, I guess oh, I'll guess mm-hmm. I'll add a little bit of context. I add a little bit of context around uh, this, how this episode came about, and then also the workshop uh, webinar that we have coming up on March tenth. Uh, when Security Weekly Unlocked went virtual uh, due to COVID in December, I had uh, previously had a workshop slot slated to. Um, a workshop called KQL Kung Fu, which KQL is the Kusto Query Language, Microsoft Proprietary Query Language. And so what we ended up doing is splitting up that workshop into two, Um, and in this session for for this uh, Enterprise Security Weekly episode, we'll be uh, covering the Microsoft Sentinel SIM, but also like the value proposition and why some organizations should, uh, should consider it. And then in the second part, it'll be a webcast where uh, myself and Tyler Robinson will be taking you from zero to hero uh, with KQL. So like basic syntax um, all the way to writing up your own queries for threat hunting and threat detection exercises. So that'll be super fun. Uh, I believe the uh, registration link will be in the show notes. And I'm super excited to, to teach that course because I've kind of been waiting since uh, November and or, in, or December now at this point. So, You're prepared. You're ready. Yeah, I'm ready
1: to rumble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we've got it both in the show notes and I dropped it into the Discord. So uh, yeah, if you miss it, you're not looking. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Talking about um, so getting into Sentinel, you know, I haven't actually I, it's been on my to do list for a while to play around with Sentinel because I think there's a free tier where, where you can play with it uh, for free and get into it. But my my understanding is it's essentially Microsoft's. You know they're they're turning it into their main sim offering, you know, and that it, that it competes with other cloud based sims. Is that correct?
2: You have that uh, exactly correct, right? So Microsoft Sentinel, Sentinel uh, formerly known as Azure Sentinel, um, is a cloud native sim and source solution. So it does separate itself from traditional SIM in many different um, ways, and one of those is the SOAR solution, which I just mentioned, right? So, uh, SOAR is Security Orchestration and automation Re- Automated Response, so it allows you to kind of um, add that. So with a traditional SIM, there's like collect, detect, investigate. Um, with the SOAR capability, you can now also remediate um, and have those automated steps w- within your security operations. Uh, there's a lot to cover with Sentinel I would just start with some of the main features it has a lot of the 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 bells and whistles that traditional sims do so like being able to visualize your your log uh, network security uh, or network uh, flow logs for example Um, you could also visualize spikes in activity Um, throughout your environment and things of that nature they also have out-of-the-box threat hunting queries um, and they map them to MITRE as some uh, sims do they also have um, and I think this is one of the areas where it separates itself they have data connectors uh, which support over 120 different vendors um, and data sources including obviously their own uh, data sources with Azure and Microsoft but also they support data data ingestion with aws palo alto and a bunch of other uh vendors which is pretty cool and for the most part they try to make it uh easy setup and so i've had like a very pleasant experience in my day-to-day work with the data connectors um compared to some of the stuff done with more traditional sims and it it sounds like
1: Yeah, it's, it sounds like you know one one of the things Microsoft loves to do, you know, when when competing on this kind of thing is that they're Microsoft. So already a lot of the stuff that you need or you're already using is Microsoft related. So I, I think you mentioned when we were talking previously, you know, that that Microsoft just l- lets you store their their own stuff, you know, logs for Microsoft stuff for free.
2: Right. Yeah, that's one of the, the biggest value propositions, right, because for Microsoft-based shops that are uh, leveraging ex- uh, Exchange, Microsoft Teams, uh, SharePoint, um, and a bunch of, and, and they're in the Azure cloud, and they also have some on-prem workload still, right, it's, it's a very appealing um, value proposition that Sentinel and, and Microsoft allow you to ingest, logs for free with no cap on it, right? So uh, some example of those logs, I already mentioned Exchange Teams and then SharePoint, but also Azure Activity logs, uh, Defender for Cloud and IoT logs, and there's a bunch of others um, that I can't really like remember off the top of my head, but those are some of the the logs that generate the most uh, data, and especially as you scale up and you have like a larger enterprise, this uh, could introduce some very huge cost savings. Compared to, to other um, competitors, so
1: yeah, and there's all the defender stuff. Also, like, yeah. have have you figured out? Like, do you understand all the all the security product naming within Microsoft's products? Because it, it it I get confused every time.
2: It's it's interesting, and it also tends to change. Uh, I would say like every year or two uh, during Ignite. <laughs> I know it. So, yeah, so previously they had Azure Defender for, and you, for X, right, and you can replace X for the different Azure services, so Azure Defender for Storage, uh, Azure Kubernetes Service, um, Azure Defender for Key Vault, and uh, you can just enumerate the different services uh, within Azure, and they had some sort of Defender um, type of security monitoring capability for that service. Previously, I think in December or November, they have, and also Azure Sentinel, uh, which is now Microsoft Sentinel, is another rename that they had. So uh, Azure Defender is now Defender for Cloud, uh, which is a bit interesting. And it kind of grouped all of it together into just the Defender for Cloud offering. So it does tend to get confusing, um, not to mention all of the on prem um, Defender. Uh, capabilities there but i'm more so focused in in on the cloud side of things but it does tend to get confusing
1: and you've got uh, defender for iot and then office 365 activity logs are different from microsoft 365 defender stuff right
2: you you kind of have to whiteboard out all of the different logs uh, and data sources within your environment just to make sure you're not mixing them up um because it does there are a lot of uh, different data sources that and the name changes make it even more confusing right so you have to go through a proper mapping exercise to, to get a better understanding of which logs you're collecting and if there's anything being left out uh, because And I'm not sure why they changed the name so much or who's recommending and suggesting that they change this stuff. But I'm sure that you always see the uproar in Twitter uh, whenever Microsoft has a name change for something that they already changed uh, maybe a year ago. So I beg them to stop.
1: (laughs) So I mentioned I've been meaning to jump in here and and play with Sentinel. Uh, what does it take? Like, how, how long would it take me to to jump into uh, Sentinel and, and start testing it out, playing around with it?
2: Absolutely. That's a good question. I think it would take maybe 15 to 20 minutes, to be honest, uh, so long as you already have an Azure subscription and right. uh, Azure does provide a free trial uh, with A lot of services are free within that 12 month time frame from when you activate your free trial. Uh, Microsoft Sentinel has a 30 day free trial. And so what it takes for you to get set up with Microsoft Sentinel, you have to uh, enable and create a log analytics workspace, which is the log and data aggregator uh, beneath Sentinel. And then after you have that uh, Log Analytics workspace created, you can then put, uh, you can then create a Azure Sentinel or Microsoft Sentinel instance and lay it on top of the Log Analytics workspace. You cannot deploy Sentinel without a Log Analytics workspace, which is a very important thing to highlight. So it, it could probably take you anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes, um, and then you obviously want to start generating activity and data within uh, your environment. So Deploy some virtual machines, storage buckets. uh, Play around with Azure Active Directory. Just create some noise within your environment, um, and also activate and connect the different uh, data connectors for Azure Activity Logs, uh, Azure Active Directory logs, and things of that nature, so that that data and those logs are obviously being ingested into Sentinel. uh, I think in all, uh, being generous, 25 to 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, definitely less of a heavy lift than a traditional SIM, sounds like. Exactly.
2: Yeah, and that's one of the points that I wanted to touch on, right? Uh, with Sentinel, there's no infrastructure costs. You don't have uh, any hardware or also any ongoing maintenance in terms of, like, right-sizing the, uh, the server that's forwarding the logs from, say, on-prem to the third-party SIM. Uh, it's since it's all in-house uh, it's cloud native it can easily scale and um, support all of your data needs so if one day you have 500 gigs of logs ingested but the next day say it's black friday and there's a bunch of activity going on within the environment um, and you have uh, 1.5 terabyte of logs generated and activity generated it can scale fairly easily without you having to go in there and conduct that maintenance which relieves a lot of um,
1: headache and kind of Over- planning for, for teams. So, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things using traditional sims, one of my biggest irritations is that the the canned reports are never useful. You know, the the built in alerts. You know, I end up having to build all that stuff from scratch, uh, pretty much. And you mentioned there's all there are already some threat hunting queries built into it. You know, what, what what's that like when you you know you jump in there? You've got your logs going into uh, Microsoft Sentinel, you know, how, how functional is it? How useful is it, you know, before you start, uh, building your own custom stuff?
2: It's pretty useful. I think, uh, last time I looked, there were about 244 out of the box threat hunting queries and those oh, wow. queries are up to, yes, yeah, so there's, uh, they also have, um, SOAR automation playbook templates. Uh, I think maybe like 20, um, some that also, like for ServiceNow, uh, remediate any uh, misconfigurations to your cloud assets and things of that nature, um, if they're discovered. So they're like Microsoft and the, the Sentinel team has actually been making huge strides since releasing the product in late 2019 to kind of provide the customer the best experience possible as quick as possible as soon as they enable Sentinel. And so there is about two hundred and forty-four uh, threat hunting queries map to MITRE. Uh, they also have and their support. It's not, those threat hunting queries are not only for Azure or Microsoft products. They have queries for AWS, uh, Palo Alto firewalls, and etc. Uh, they also have analytic rules, which are your threat detection rules that you have to go ahead and activate. And whenever once they're activated, you can set them on a um, recurring. Um, you could run the query on a recurrent basis maybe 24 hours every 12 hours and if there's any activity that triggers that alert it would go ahead and obviously alert the, the team so though they also have analytic rules uh, built in out of the box so there's there's a ton to, to get you started there and I would urge you uh, whenever you get the chance to, to go in there and, and just stick your head in there and play around just so you can see why uh, Sentinel has been grabbing large market share and then um, I also wanted to touch on a report, but I'll I'll leave it there um, to see if there are any questions.
1: Yeah, Katie, Larry, do you guys have any questions before I throw out some more? I'm good. I'm just curious, you know, Microsoft is, is in a market position to really almost do anything it wants with security. Um, why tackle a market that's sort of established, not terribly sexy? Um, it, you know, there are just so many companies in the space. There are so many entrenched players. What's, you know, I, I, I think I could guess, but, but tell me what the value proposition is to somebody who's been using an older deployed technology for five, 10 plus years.
2: It's a very good question I think putting like my uh, Microsoft product manager hat on or executive hat on it, it I think part of it is the trying to increase the bottom line um, trying to grab more uh, revenue from their already uh, large client base and so they have a bunch of organizations already grandfathered in with um, all of since they're all using Exchange and uh, the entire Microsoft suite, uh, for example, and so that's part of it. Just trying to capture more of the uh, increase the revenue, but also from a data collection or or like building out their machine learning models for um, logs and data that's being collected from external uh, vendors and. Um, even cloud providers, as I mentioned, they have support for AWS and GCP. Just being able to collect and, and look into some of those signals potentially is another attractive thing that they're looking at. Um, but it's it's a very good question. I'm not sure if, if that's the, the type of answer that you were looking for, but uh, those are two things that I would say that they're probably considering.
1: No, that's great, that's great. Yeah, we actually had a question come in from somebody watching uh, live. Uh, the question is, what do you think of Sentinel Lighthouse for multi-tenant monitoring?
2: So I haven't uh, had experience with it firsthand, but what it does, it makes uh, managed service providers' lives uh, much easier because it can give them, from my understanding, um, if you have, if you're an MSSP and you have. Uh, say like 10 different customers and they're leveraging Sentinel, then you could have a centralized view for those um, customers' environments. And so it makes management um, for MSSPs much easier.
1: Without having to log in and out of 10 different tenants, like, like having a different set of dashboards for each one, right?
2: Exactly. Which in itself poses a bit of a security risk. So...
1: Yeah, yeah, no, totally makes sense. Um, you know, to to kind of build on on Katie's question, uh, you know, is is this something? Is Sentinel something that could replace a traditional, uh, you know, on prem or or, or cloud based sim, or, or is it more focused on you know ingesting uh, um, cloud technologies, you know, logs and in events from cloud based technologies? Or I, I mean, you mentioned Palo Alto Firewall, so I'm assuming. That this could replace like a like a Splunk or a logarithm or you know an site.
2: right? And uh, that's a very good assessment. So Sentinel, uh, from from my experience uh, doing consulting at Accenture and everything else, it can uh, replace traditional SIMs and it does a very good job at doing so. We actually do some uh sim migration work uh within a century and we we have a good amount of customers that have transitioned uh from the traditional sims uh to Sentinel just because it makes more sense from a uh, cost perspective but also uh, an efficiency perspective and so it, it does have all the bells and whistles and it can support all of the needs that uh traditional sim currently satisfies for organizations the answer would be yes
1: okay yeah um, and, and like, like how, I guess, how would it compare against, uh, I'm not even sure if AWS has an equivalent to a SIM. I, I, I've i not seen anything like, obviously there's, um, you know, cloud you know, like they, they have, uh, you know, different systems for getting the logs to you, but, uh, I've not seen anything for managing them. Like the closest thing that comes to mind for me is Sumo Logic for, for something similar to this or Devo maybe
2: right and and devo and sumo logic would be third parties um that you can activate within the aws console and i'm not uh uh, aws uh sme per se but i do not think i like from i have not come across in the aws cloud native sim i know that google has chronicle which is something similar it allows you to um, query logs and things of that nature but aws i'm not sure that they've um, got it to that point yet? I do think it would be a smart idea if they did.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, before we wrap up the conversation, I, I think you had. Um, you know, obviously, we've got the upcoming webcast mention, mentioned in the show notes. But uh, are there any other resources you would recommend people check out uh, when they're uh, playing around with Sentinel, jumping into it, try, trying to learn uh, a bit more about it?
2: Absolutely, and I'll send some of these uh, resources over via. I'll send. I'll send them uh, in the chat after the uh, after we wrap up here, so you can put them in the show notes. But the number one go-to uh, Sentinel training uh, solution would be Microsoft Sentinel Ninja Training, which has I think like 15 different chapters, um, and it's extremely extensive. Uh, it's something that Microsoft reviews on maybe like a monthly basis to update it with uh, and align it with everything that the Sentinel team has been up to so for example, there's some UEBA user entity behavior uh, analytics features that the Sentinel team is currently working on and that's added into the um, Ninja training there and then obviously like, Microsoft also has Ninja training for other uh, services and products so like uh, I think they have one for Azure Security Center, but the one-stop shop for uh, Sentinel training would be that Ninja training, which uh, will be in the show notes.
1: All right. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, Larry, Katie, anything else before we wrap? Not Not, for nothing me? for nothing from me, Adrian. Uh, I, I did, you know, as you were, you were asking about some you know, SIM stuff for AWS. Um, I was sort of noting that the, yeah, there's a bunch of third-party solutions, but it doesn't appear that uh, as you were saying, you know, uh AWS has anything specific so yeah okay for me. very cool well darwin thanks so much for joining us on enterprise security weekly today i i'm looking forward to that uh the kql kung fu uh webcast that's coming up
2: yeah it'll be a very fun so uh hopefully by then you'd, you'd have time to uh stick your head into Sentinel. and you can join us adrian but for for anyone listening right and everyone listening definitely sign up and register it'll be a fun session and uh, i'm super pumped to to deliver the, the workshop so and thanks for having me
1: absolutely anytime uh we'll be right back in a few moments with the weekly enterprise news